Hey team, it's Mon, and this is How's Your Head, an extension of the health classes you missed where I check in with everyday people and ask that very simple question, how's your head? We'll open up the conversation, break down the stigma, and inspire you to check in with the people that you care about. Let's go. A quick disclaimer here, guys, no one in these episodes is a mental health professional. If you are struggling with your mental health, please contact Lifeline on 131114 today or seek help from your local GP or other mental health professional. Look after yourselves. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode. I have my beautiful cousin, Steph, here today. I'm so excited. You have come in at short notice, similar to last week's episode, which is all my fault, right? But I'm so grateful that you were like, you know what? If you need me, I'm there. And I said, please and thank you. (laughs) I was like, who in my family have I not had? I was like, oh my God, Steph, I feel like you are such an obvious option as well, which we're going to talk about. Now, you were from November, so you're already in that mental health space, which I think is really cool, and we can talk about that as well. Um, I feel like you have always been that person in my life that's never been afraid to say what they think, and I think that's really cool. And I feel like in our respective family, so obviously cousins, but in like our my mum and dad kids, your mum and dad kids, I feel like I'm also that person in my family, and I think I probably learned that from you. Um, You're basically like another older sister to me I've technically um, not technically I guess I've got three of you you your sister and then my older sister Shay who's also been on here twice now maybe maybe just once I don't know you're a travel queen you've actually just got back from a trip and you're about to go away again this weekend which is just crazy I feel like you're always doing something which is so fun um, but I am so excited to talk to you today and I'm very very happy that you're here so Steph thank you for coming in and how's your head Thanks for having me, Mon. Um, yeah, excited to be here. Uh, my head is pretty good at the moment, actually. So, um, yeah, feeling feeling good and uh, excited to talk talk about some mental health stuff. Mental health stuff. Well, you, I mean, I said that right, like you work from Movember. Can you just explain what that is for people who maybe don't know? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Movember, aka the Mustache Factory, where <laughs> we're all <laughs> trying to grow one this month. I yeah. shaved mine. Just yes, <laughs> the shave down yesterday. Um, we're a global charity um, wanting to change the face of men's health. Um, yeah, across the globe. So, uh, three main cause areas being mental health and suicide prevention, prostate cancer, testicular cancer. Um, we essentially raise funds and uh, yeah. put them back into the community, into men's health programs. It's amazing. What an amazing place to work. And did you, like, I know, how, how many years have you been? Just ticked over two. Yeah, wow. And was that like a conscious deci- decision for you to move into the mental health space in that way and the men's health space? Was that something that you were like, hey, I'm interested in promoting? Kind of, but not really. So okay. what I actually do at work, um, I work in HR. So yeah. I do talent and recruitment, which is kind of a specialisation of HR. And I started doing this. Um, so I've only ever worked for not-for-profits in, in the HR world. Yeah, um, cool. I started in a disability or an NDIS provider, disability support services, and um, I did that for a while and I worked for another sort of disability support services. They also do a bit of mental health. They did reconciliation, aged care, foster care, lots of different things at that org, moved to another org, and also they did disability support and a few mental health programs and childcare and a bunch of other things. And then 
I actually got tapped on the shoulder for this role. So. Oh, headhunted. <laughs> headhunted, yeah. Um, and like a lot of people, I didn't realise that Movember was an organisation that operated year round. All year round. Yeah. That was such a revelation <laughs> for me as well. Because when you got the job, I was like, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah, like, you yeah. Just, what do you do? You work one month of the year yeah. and then you just like, I don't that, get it. That would be quite nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so I wasn't actually aware of Movember as... I guess, an employer. So um, I hadn't thought about it, but I've always had a really strong interest in gender politics. That's been a really, yes. you know, kind of key interest area of mine. Um, probably more more recently in my life, had a, an interest in mental health. Yeah. Um, you know, lived experience in mental health. And um, at the time that I was tapped on the shoulder, uh, my mum was going through uh, her own cancer journey as well. Yeah. So it just felt right. Um, I wasn't necessarily looking to leave my last role, but when this role came up, it just felt like an opportunity that I couldn't turn down, essentially. Yeah. So um, that's oh, how I came to work here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah there. Here at here? Producy? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just bringing in every family member. <laughs> I'm like, so surprised. Yeah. <laughs> also works here now. We probably do need a HR. <laughs> Kidding. I'm just joking. I'm joking. Um, amazing. Yeah. I love that, and I think I think that's really cool, especially you know it falling into place at the right time. I feel like that happens a lot where you're like, oh, this actually makes sense in my life and my space right now, and that's where I'm going to go. I think that's cool. Back to mental health stuff. Obviously, you just touched on a bit about your own stuff. Yeah. Um, what do you do for your mental health daily, and why is that important to you? Good question. Thanks. Big question. <laughs> it is. It is. I know. Um, I think, firstly, I I don't know whether I'm the best person to take advice from because I'm not exactly the poster girl for good mental health uh, oh, all the time. Everyone has something. <laughs> everyone has something. Um, and I think on the daily, it's all the things. It's so cliche. It's all the things that people tell you you should do. Right. It's yep. um, looking after yourself. It's moving your body. It's um, mindfulness. It's, um, you know, eating well, exercising, journaling, meditating. It's all of that sort of stuff. But I guess I do want to flag that for a lot of people um, who are, you know, suffering quite significant depression and as I have in the past as well, um, those things are impossible when you're in a deep, deep kind of depression when, you know, if you brush your teeth that day, that's an achievement. So I guess I really do want to stress that, you know, all of those things are great, but sometimes it goes deeper than that. You need to get yourself to the doctor. You need to get a mental health plan. You need to see a psychologist. You need to reach out. You need to talk to someone. So um, I guess those were all the things that I did and those are all very hard things to do as well for a lot of people. So I guess depending on where you're at, Sometimes it's not possible to eat healthy and move your body and journal and meditate. But, you know, if you can, those things always help. Yeah, I like that idea that it is, it's day by day, right? Because you might wake up one day and not feel great. And that could be for anyone. But, you know, in particular for people who are experiencing severe mental health, it's, yeah, it's it's less of a, you know, you can just say or do that. But Mm. if you physically can't get out of bed that day, then none of the other stuff really matters, does it? Because it's, you know, and it could be something as small, like you said, as brushing your teeth or making your bed or or getting up and and going somewhere or, you know, that I think that is really, really important and that every day is different. That's the thing with our mental health is sometimes you can just wake up and feel shit (laughs) for no reason. And maybe again, like I I touched on, that's going to be a lot more severe for people who are experiencing 
mental illness and, yeah. and mental health problems in that way. Um, touching on a little bit about your personal experience, I know you said you went and got help and, and did those things and that's really positive and really important. Did you find that you felt quite supported during that and did you feel like you had people around you that you could count on in, in those moments? I'm going to say yes and no. And okay. um, the no isn't because of the people around me. It's because I isolated myself. Yeah. Um, and it's because of the shame and the stigma that I felt that I isolated myself and I didn't tell anyone what I was going through. So um, that was my own fault that I didn't feel supported, I guess. Um, and that was, yeah, because I was embarrassed. I think once a doctor kind of suggested to me that um, I was quite uh, depressed and should see a psychologist. Um, I did find, you know, my psychologist was really supportive. I did find my workplace was quite supportive because I did have to kind of let them know and leave the office to to go to psychologist appointments and that sort of thing. But, you know, as far as my closest friends and family go, I didn't really tell anyone to be completely honest with you, which yeah. is something I should have done. Yeah, and I think that that is such a part of it, isn't it? Because it's, it's so easy which you know that's the whole point of this podcast is to talk about it right yeah. and be open and be like yeah. where you hear everyday people and we've all got stuff going on yeah. and whether that is a severe mental illness or just problems in everyday life and how we deal with them is really important to share um but I think that whole stigma around it and how heavy that can be for people yeah. is is hard it's so hard and especially you know feeling like you can't tell people out of embarrassment or shame or the importance of having those, uh, I guess, third-party people in that situation is so bloody important yeah. because I think it is you've got that option and everyone does, right? We've got – we know that there are organisations out there. The sole purpose is for that, to be there for people, to be support. There is support for everyone and I know I say that a lot on these but um, I think also that point on you isolating yourself is really important to talk about because that is also something that is – very, very important for maybe people who haven't experienced mental illness to notice about other people. And, you know, maybe if a friend or a loved one is isolating themselves or maybe not being themselves and, and brushing you off and doing that, it might not be that, you know, your response is to get annoyed at them and to, to judge them and to think, you know, what the bloody hell are they doing, but to actually question why are they doing this and, and how can I help them? What and this is just like a random off the cuff question. So please don't um, feel like you need to know the answer straight away. But going back to you being in that situation, mm. what would have helped you from your loved one's perspective or, or your, a friend's perspective? What did you need then that maybe you didn't get? And maybe that was because you didn't allow it or, you know, maybe there was that there. But but what would yeah. that look like for you? Does that make sense? I yeah, hope that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, it does. No, that's a... I should say that's a good question. It's just my buffer of. I'm like, they thank are great you. Questions, you can but, uh, you can uh, you can say it all the time. That's that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think, and you know, this is something that I think I've learned, right? Mm. Because if the same thing happens to me again, I absolutely am reaching out and asking for help and and leaning on my support network, and that's so important. And um, yeah, I guess. I wish I had never I wish I had not have isolated myself um, the yep. way that I did, and I wish that I had have spoken up. I think there would have been a lot more understanding. You know, it's not oh Steph left her washing in the machine for five days in a row, and that's really annoying me. It's oh Steph is in such a shitty place that she can't 
physically do her own washing at yeah. the moment. Um, you know, just to have more people reach out to say, hey, you're loved, you know, which is such an important thing when you're feeling down. You need these people to be like, hey, actually, you're my mate and I love you. Or, yeah. you know, you're my cousin and I love you. Yeah. <laughs> and connection is really you know, the thing that's going to bring you back up in the end. So mm, I yeah. love that too, that it can be something so simple as, hey, you're loved or, Absolutely. hey, I've been thinking about you or, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be a solution. You don't need to come at people with a solution. I no. think that is, that's a really key thing. Yeah. People don't necessarily want to be fixed by their friends and their family. It's, it's yeah, it's just to know that people are there for you. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And it's, can I do anything for you? You know, can I do this load of washing yeah. for you? Can How's your therapy going? Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Do you not want to talk about it? Do you, you know, you're having a hard day and you can't get out of bed. Do you want me to lay in your bed with you and watch a movie and eat chocolate? You know, yeah, that sort of thing. So. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Now, on that kind of topic, I want you to tell me some relationships that you're grateful for. <laughs> Well, one of them is uh, sitting in front of me oh, right I'm now. Oh, I'm like, stop, you don't have to say me. <laughs> no, I am I am super grateful for, um, you know, you mentioned um, before that um, we're more like sisters than cousins yeah. and, you know, I say that all the time when I when I try and explain the relationship that um, I have with yourself and Shay and, and Jars and Kylie, you know, it's it, it does feel closer than um, what most people, uh, you know, have with their cousins. Yeah. And um, I love you to death, but uh, I love you too. <laughs> Um, I'm super grateful for, firstly, my siblings. I mean, I have amazing siblings. I hear people all the time that they don't have close relationships with their siblings. And I just think I'm so lucky that, you know, my brother and my sister are both legendary humans and, um, you know, we get along really well. And then, you know, your mum's been like a second mum to me. Mm -hmm. Um, She's really supported me and, you know, especially emotionally uh, when my parents haven't necessarily had the capability to do so she's really been there for me and you know Shay and I grew up 11 months apart we're like oh God, sisters you're like, twins. <laughs> you're like our annoying little sister yeah, no I am I am that <laughs> and Jaren as well so um I'm super grateful for our close family and yeah my friends I'm really lucky to have um some friends that I've had since primary school like really old friends that no matter how many times how much time passes you can catch up and you're still besties and you know I've got a core group of of girl pals in the in the city that um yeah they're just just awesome and um yeah just yeah. I love family it. and friends ah oh, no I love it and even like we were talking before we um started this and you were saying you know one of the girls that I traveled with like 10 years ago yeah. messaged me and was like what are you doing you want to come to India and you were like yeah sure and it's like that, that is so lovely that you're able to have those really close long-term relationships even with people across the world which is cool and I think you're so right, like our family with everyone. I mean, the the six of us, which is, you know, Aaron, Breeze, Steph. <laughs> Aaron, Breeze, I can't even say their names without adding your name in automatically. Aaron, Breeze, Shay, Jars, me and you, right? Like yeah. I think our our family is probably closer than most, which yeah. um, it's so funny. Like I think anytime anyone has partners, it's like, well, there's about – 40 of us that you have to <laughs> see and speak to a lot. So yeah. get used to that. But no, yeah. I think that is really special. Yeah, I love that. I think um, yeah. it's something to, like I have, I think as I've gotten older, become so much more grateful for. I don't know yeah. if that, that resonates with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Me too. And, you know, we've both got cousins on on our other side yeah. of the family that, 
we don't see as much and we don't have that relationship with. So, um, and yeah, growing up, I guess you kind of take it for granted. And then when you're a bit older, you go, hey, this is actually really special. Yeah. And shout out to Kylie Jenny and Rochelle, of course, as well, which is even a whole other story. Like we've got an auntie that's not technically related to us, but like her kids are our cousins and she's our auntie. It's just like, that's how it is. (laughs) We actually call her auntie Rochelle like that's that is it and that's that's so special isn't it god I'm here like wow I'm so grateful for that thank you for bringing that to my attention again um all right I want to know a time you're really proud of yourself yeah um good question another big question (laughs) right it is a big question I'm here hard hitting yeah yeah (laughs) I think yeah I I do look back on my life so far and there are definitely um, things to be proud of. This is a bit of a cliche one, but finishing uni for me, I'm super proud of that because I don't really know how I did it. In my early 20s, I was a workaholic, probably still am, but I was working, <laughs> yeah. you know, sometimes seven days a week, 60 hours a week. Was at this my, the Zagamis? At the Zagas. Oh, shout my, out to Zagamis. Yeah, my old, <laughs> my hospo job. And, yeah. you know, I saved... Uh, can't, can't remember how much money it was. I think I saved about 25 grand um, while I was at uni because as soon as I finished uni, I wanted to travel. Yeah. So I was working, 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 saving, 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 and then also somehow squeezing in uni. And I am not fantastic at this kind of self-paced study that uni gives you because it's all up to you. And, you know, there were many nights of me driving down to the servo at 3am to get a Red Bull and, you know, because i got to submit the assignment by 9am. Oh, no. yes. So it was quite, yeah, I, I don't know how I did a university degree with the amount of work that I did at the time plus with the circumstances that I was dealt, you know, I don't think I thrive in a university. I don't thrive in that kind of environment. Um, yeah. I attended, I think, one lecture in my entire time because I could not pay attention and it's impossible for me to pay attention in yeah. that kind of um, environment. And, you know, I, I had to support myself the entirety of the way. I didn't live with my parents. I had no financial support. I, you know, when I finished my university degree, no one inquired about my graduation or, you know, anything like that. I didn't even go because I probably wouldn't have had any guests to to sit down with me. So it was a bit of a quiet achievement for me. It was kind of like, hey, I got I got through that degree somehow. Mm. Yeah. But I did it. So Yeah. Yeah. I'm I love that. I think yeah. that's really nice. It is bloody hard being a student. Yeah. And it's even harder if you are someone that maybe struggles to learn in that environment because it's not like it's funny as a high school teacher, we are so um you know, you, you differentiate so much and modify things so much for each student. And that's so important. And I know that's so important. And then you go to uni. And if you are one of those people that maybe needs a differentiation, it's kind of like up to you. And that's hard, right? Yeah. Especially when, how old were you when you ended up going to uni? Uh, so I would have been 19 when I started and maybe 23 when I finished. So I did take a bit longer just because I did part-time some semesters because of work You're working well. and stuff yeah. Yeah. yeah and I mean that's really good that that's an option as well for people yeah. who who yeah do need to work and everything right mm-hmm. and maybe aren't living with their parents like that's a whole other thing is 
trying to live on your own, trying to navigate that, studying, working seven days a week. Like I, I listening to that, I was like, I don't know how you did that. <laughs> I have no it's idea. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And I'm sure there were nights where you bloody were getting a Red Bull at 3am and then submitting your assignment and probably going into work. And it's just like, how on earth? But I think that is a really important thing to be proud of because I think so often, and I know you said it's cliche, but so often, you know, people are just like, oh, it's just uni, everyone goes to uni or everyone studies something or everyone does an apprenticeship or blah, blah, blah. But each and every one of those things is a really big achievement. Yeah, Like absolutely. it is. And it should be recognised as one. And yeah, I'm sad that there was no one there to go to you, your graduation. <laughs> uh, I didn't go, so. How old was I? 12? Probably. I'm going to put my hand up. I want to come with you. <laughs> no, I, like, I, yeah, think, sure. I mean, I don't think it was anyone. I think it was, you know, myself as well. I didn't exactly go, hey, everyone, I'm finishing uni. It was just kind of. You just did it. I just did it. Yeah. yeah. And it, it is nice, like something to look back on and be like, yeah. geez, like I, I did that. Yeah. That is cool. I think that's really cool. Yeah. On that, mm. I mean, I know you said you were 19, but I'm going to flick back another year. <laughs> Advice for your 18-year-old self. What what did that look, what was your life looking like at 18-year-old Steph? Tell me that. Um repressed emotions okay yeah <laughs> so if I look back you know a lot of the a lot of the signs are there you know there's there's depression there's anxiety but there's no me going to the doctor and seeking help for another eight years wow so you know and that's been such a revelation from me in my late 20s when I actually did all that so I wish I had have done it sooner to be honest with you um it would have helped with the relationships that I had in my 20s it would have helped with um you know my relationship with myself as well I think yeah Steph go to therapy (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. go go to therapy sooner yeah yeah was that do you think that was something that was your own personal stuff that you didn't want to go or do you think that at that time it was potentially something that was just not as common and easily accessible? Maybe a bit of both? Yeah, definitely both. I think, you know, now nowadays most people, well, I shouldn't say most people, but it does seem that a lot of people that you speak to and, you know, I work in mental health and I have a lot of um, my friends that are, you know, had their own mental health journeys. So it does seem like a lot of people in my circle all go to therapy and we do speak about it very openly. I think back then, you know, I didn't know anyone potentially who went to therapy or actively spoke about going to therapy. And just the way I was raised, it was, you know, things were swept under the rug. We didn't we didn't talk about these sorts of things. So yeah, so I think the the stigma, the shame and, yeah, just not knowing how to go about it. And to be honest with you, it would have taken me a lot longer than it did if a doctor hadn't – I was in the GP for something else and she had suggested it well, to so me. Well, uh, so someone else actually suggested it to you. It wasn't something you ended up actively going for. Sort of. Yeah. So I, was, I went to the doctor for something else mm. and she said, if, if you struggle – with this, come back and see me. And that gave me the green light to go back to her. And I said, I know you told me to come back if I was struggling. And yeah, I am struggling. If she hadn't have said that, if she hadn't have given me that that open, yeah. like who knows how much longer it would have taken. Yeah, that's crazy. And I think <laughs> yeah. it is important to recognise as well that like when you were 18, this is going to make us sound really old <laughs> make me sound really old. well I am also like I'm, I'm etching on my late 20s now so I'm getting up there um no 
But like you didn't have, we just didn't have the internet to go on and log into Instagram and follow a mental health page and get yeah. all this data and information. You couldn't just Google what do I do in this situation or why am I feeling like this or blah, 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 blah. And I know that the internet can be a very bad place to find information, right? But there are lots of reputable things online. Yeah. I'm sure Movember has lots of resources, right? Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So it's a different time as well where yeah. you could, if people weren't talking about something, it's like, where did you talk? You didn't hear yeah. about it. You didn't learn about it. Yeah. It was in these stupid magazines where they'd probably said the complete wrong thing and then there was no support line available. Like it wasn't as accessible as it is now. And I think that's, yeah, yeah that's that's really hard, especially if you're in an environment where people aren't speaking about it, which I know is, and that's not, you know, saying anything about our parents or our families because that was very, very normal. I mean, that's just kind of yeah. what it was like for a lot of people. It was almost more weird for people to be open about it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, my parents still wouldn't talk about it. And lots of people in their generation, yeah. in their age, you know, wouldn't. Similar. Sort of, and, you know, I'm so happy now that I don't, you know, I do still feel the shame and the stigma and the embarrassment and stuff, but it's it's very, very tiny. And the, I guess, what I gain from speaking openly about these things, what, what I gain and what other people can potentially gain from seeing me speak open about it far outweighs the, you know, the, the small amount of shame that I feel about um, you know, admitting to to this sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. Was that like a really relieving time for you when you did get an official diagnosis and someone to say this is this could be what's going on for you? Like, were you just like, geez, I've got an answer here, and it like something actually makes sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it definitely was. I guess something that I was kind of repressing or, you know, something that I was just trying to deal with myself and it definitely was relief to actually have help or have someone have someone believe me in a way because one of the things when you are having, you know, depression and anxiety and one of the things that I felt all through my teens when I should have been, you know, been seeing someone and I yeah. should have been having help with this sort of thing is maybe I'm faking it. Maybe I'm maybe I'm making this up. How, how do I know that I'm actually depressed? Who will believe me? They just think I'm going to be a, a attention seeker. They think I'm looking for attention. Yeah. And that, that was a whole thing, wasn't it? That it's was like, a whole thing. And yeah. that's what held me back from saying anything in my teens because I was just like, they're just going to think I'm looking for attention. Mm. And then that teaches you to keep it in. Yeah. And then that's just in the end it's that vicious cycle of making things so much worse right yeah. because you're gonna have to find those emotions somewhere at some point and yeah. it's more likely to then lead to a really bad depressive episode and then it's just yeah, yeah it's um I mean I'm glad that you were able to get yeah the answers that you got and that you got to a point where someone was like hey this is this is what's going on yeah. and like here's how you can help yourself and also be helped yeah and assisted yeah, absolutely I think that's a big thing too people think oh, I'm just going to be so alone and like but I think even you know you talk to a therapist and I don't know about I know everyone's experiences are different it's so funny <laughs> the therapist of the world I go to them too and um <laughs> my therapist often says or mentions stories of other people in yeah. our sessions too and I think that's it's like quite comforting to hear yeah. and I think that again is this whole podcasts and these episodes it's like it's nice to be able to hear other people's experiences and stories and know that you're not the only person that goes to the yeah. therapist for this problem yeah. or for whatever you're feeling or experiencing and yeah I think that's really cool 
I think it's good that you got the answers that you needed. And how are you feeling now? Yeah, I'm feeling really good actually. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like everything. You have good days and bad days, but I think overall I'm feeling pretty good. It's been a journey. So, you know, three different psychologists in the yeah. last six years and three different antidepressants that I've been on till I feel like I've found, found the right fit. So it's a journey and it's always tinkering with different things. And sometimes when you start taking medication, it's like you fix one thing, but you break another. And yeah. it's kind of tinkering, tinkering until until you get it right. And certain events in your life and even certain times of the year can, can bring on, you know, stresses. So it's just about being aware of, of where you're at and being gentle to yourself and being kind to yourself, um, really. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Being kind to yourself. Being kind we to yourself. We all bloody need a little bit more of that sometimes, <laughs> don't we? And it's such a thing, that negative self-talk. And it's, um, yeah, I think once you get to a point where you can actively not not think the thoughts, but when you do think those thoughts, <laughs> you can kind of say, nah, and yeah. go back on them a little bit and challenge them a little bit. Yeah. All right. Last question. Okay. My favourite one. Okay. Song and or songs to get you up and about again whenever you're feeling down. Yeah. Uh, I love a little bit of a indie dance tune. So Yes, we do know. <laughs> a little Splendour in the Grass girl over here. <laughs> oh, it's been, that's been a few years. Um, it was always The Jungle Giants. Um, anything by The Jungle Giants I think will just get me, you know, out of bed and and doing a little bop that was always kind of a, a Monday morning playlist for me yes. because that's kind of getting me motivated but but more recently not that it's a recent song but um I've always been putting Embrace by Pinal on because that feeling just gives me gives me like a wholeness in my diaphragm that I just want to get up and <laughs> spread <laughs> my wings embrace the world it's just oh, a really kind of heartwarming gut warming yeah. song isn't it me. cool that music can do that to you and make you feel that way and like elicit so much emotion and while we're talking about mental health I remember driving in my car and back when I did you know I like to call it well I don't like to call it but you know yeah. my mental breakdown which I don't know what you I don't know what the criteria for a mental breakdown is yeah but, but that was yours looking at my life yeah. that was my my down point and I remember after starting therapy and medication and kind of going through the motions for a few months, I was driving in my car and I heard a song that I used to listen to when I was a teenager. Yeah. And I was like, it gave me a feeling and I something clicked in my head and I thought, this is what it feels like to feel good. Like you can feel yeah. good again because that reminded me of how I felt at the time when I used to listen to it. And I was like, hey, you know what? That's not so bad. Oh, so how amazing. That was like strangely a, a weird light bulb moment yeah. when, yeah, a song came on the radio that, that gave me a feeling and I've gone, that's what it feels like to to not feel super depressed. Like, yeah, like you got possible. a spark of that like, oh, I'm enjoying myself right now. And you yeah. know what? There are no coincidences. You yeah. were supposed to hear that song at that time. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> oh, that's so nice, isn't it? And yeah. that it's so true. Like music, I mean, there's music therapy and there's yeah. like music is so powerful Absolutely. and that, that's why I love that question yeah. because do you remember what the song was it was a Tegan and Sarah song I can't remember what the exact you know what I'm gonna get it from you later and I'm gonna put it on the playlist that is also <laughs> going on oh I love it I think it was back in your head but I can't be certain that's all right we'll find it we'll find it 
Thank you so much for coming in and having a chat with me at such last minute. You are such a good speaker. I mean, I didn't doubt that you would be, but like, <laughs> I just feel like the way you articulate yourself is very, very impressive. You should be very proud of that too. Let's add this Thank that you. to the list of things you're proud of yourself for. <laughs> um, no, I do really appreciate it. Obviously, again, I just think, um, you know, I'm so grateful to have you and Aaron and Brie, but you're here today. So you in my life um, and, you know, you have been such a, I know I always say, you know, I, I've looked up to Shay for so many years and mm. you and Brie and Aaron are no different in that regard um, for people above me, particularly you and Brie being the gals as well, you know. Um, it's, I think, when you're younger in particular, those are the people you want to be. And I was, you know, I, I yeah, I'm just so lucky that I have had that my whole life and I continue to have that three absolutely wonderful people, um, women in my life who are just themselves and a yeah, just so inspiring to me. So thank you for that, first of Thanks, all. Thanks, Mon. <laughs> thank You're you inspiring in. to me, so it goes both ways. I'll stop it. All right, bye. Bye. Hey, team. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It would be a huge help for me and the health classes you missed if you could like, follow, or subscribe wherever you are listening. And, of course, if you want to keep learning and stay up to date with me, make sure you come and follow me at the health classes you missed on Instagram or thcym. And how's your head on TikTok? I've actually got two TikTok accounts now. So make sure you follow both of those to get all of that content. Thanks, guys. See you later.